Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers have advanced to, to the main draw of the playoffs. It wasn't easy and it wasn't pretty, but they beat Minnesota on Tuesday, 108-102. We'll break it down next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. It's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And 15,000 subscribers are, are over there on Locked On Lakers on the YouTube channel, a place where people will be relieved, uh, will they, where they will be um, uh, probably worn out, <laughs> um, a little upset, a little happy, a lot of things. Uh, after the Lakers 108-102 win Tuesday night in the play-in game, the 7-8 game over Minnesota at the Crypt. Really quick before we even get into the game, because you mentioned the YouTube community for Locked on Lakers, we have, um, in mid-April of 2023, already passed the view count for all of 2022. And 2022, by the way, numbers weren't bad. Nope. It's just you guys have been showing up in droves, loyalty, I assume, telling other people to show up here. Either way, we especially it feels appropriate to say thank you after a game that probably took seven years off all of your lives. Yeah. Um, but for real, thank you. Very much. Um, do you want to want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh? Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com/slash NBA60 uh, and use the code NBA60 for sixty percent off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh. Um, all right, so so much to get into today, Andy. The the main result. The end result after all of this is the Lakers are advancing to the first round of the playoffs. They will play the Memphis Grizzlies game one Sunday in Memphis, but how they got there. <laughs> I mean, my God. <laughs> Look, let, let's set this up, preface everything that comes afterwards by saying, Bottom line, win is a win. The Lakers win's a win's are getting a win's a win. several days off that they desperately need. Oh, and Andy, I, I firmly believe that in the history of organized sports, no team has ever needed four days of rest more than this Lakers team. Like, yeah. ever. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is something that may, at least in some part, account for uh, things that took place during this game. So again, that is a massive plus. And when you consider everything the Lakers have gone through this season to be where they are right now in the actual playoffs and, and with a lot of respect around the league as a team you would not necessarily want to play, again, props yeah. bottom line they're there but who boy this was oh yeah great. i mean you're right it is it is a sign of the times that that you know people are upset with if you had said look folks in january in, in january if you'd said uh folks you're gonna get to the two seven 
but um, it's you know you're not going to like the way the team plays down the stretch, and the the play in game against uh, the the eight seeds can be really ugly. Like you will be scooping you out your eyeballs with a grapefruit spoon. Right? Are are you okay with that? <laughs> like I, I assume most people uh, in January would have accepted that bargain. Um, it was just it was just a crazy game, and we'll get to Dennis Schroeder, who is a hero, no question. Um, and uh, particularly the Lakers' defense. I mean, let, you know what? Let's start with the let's accentuate the positive here because um, we'll so we'll start with Schroeder. We'll start with the defense, and you know, particularly the D. Because if you ask where the Lakers won this game, it is unquestionably on that side of the ball. Um, Minnesota scored sixty points in the first half. Um, they scored sixteen in the final quarter and the overtime combined, and that Andy includes seven points over the final six minutes of regulation and the overtime. And I know Minnesota ran out of juice here a little bit, but seven points over the final six minutes plus overtime and 16 over the last 17 minutes of play, that is doing work on that <laughs> side of the ball. It could have had Anthony Davis not uh, inexplicably fouled Mike Conley in the corner on a 3 with 0.1 seconds left, sending him to the line for three free throws. Andy, the, we're, I, what did I say about this segment? We no, are no, accentuating no. I, the positive. I am accentuating the positive. <laughs> I, I'm putting in perspective how three of those 16 points came on that one uh, th that one occasion, that yeah. that one mishap. That was three points right there. They were of the 12 given. Minnesota scored in the fourth. Right, they were given to Minnesota. That's that's my point. They managed to do that despite that foul that sent the thing to overtime. Um, and you know, I again, I, I acknowledge um, that the Lakers were playing a Minnesota team that was woefully uh, undermanned, and to their credit, played really hard throughout and played very well. Um, it, it, this is not the first time over the since the trade deadline that the Lakers have won games and uh, based on the quality of their defense. And if you're if you're looking for a reason that the Lakers could, you know, make a lot of noise or be a team like you said that, you know, sort of a trendy pick for a team you don't want to play. Um it's it's LeBron James, it's Anthony Davis, but it's mostly a defense that was at the top of the league since the deadline. And they have done some really good stuff and the 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 way that they were able to extend pressure to force turnovers and to do all that if the offense was even halfway competent um you know the lakers only scored 19 lakers only scored 19 points in the fourth themselves they, if they had even a halfway competent offense they'd have won that game despite all their troubles going away in the fourth well if you look at the nine guys who played real minutes in this game, Wendy Gabriel played two minutes, uh, picked up two fouls, and that was basically it for him. Um, yeah, you, I, you I think a lot see of him anymore. No, a lot, a lot of the minutes that Wenyan would have gotten trying to do anything with Carl Anthony Towns or whatever basically just went to Rui Hachimura. But if you look at the nine guys who played in this game, the, and they basically are the rotation. The only ones that I think really make you nervous defensively are D'Angelo Russell and, Mike, and Malik Beasley. Like everybody else that played in this game, you know, the the, the starters uh, minus Russell, Rui Hachimura, 
Troy Brown Jr., Dennis Schroeder, they are all guys that are solid or better defensively with this team and play well off each other defensively with this team. And that's where that calling card, I think, ultimately you know, comes to fruition. That, that's yeah, the reason and, they're and, able to make it, this happen. Yeah, and it starts, I think, you know, in a lot of ways with Anthony. Anthony Davis, um, you know, offensively, you know, it was up and down. There was a lot, you know, Darvin Hand talked about it. took a while for me to get going. Yeah, you know, talked. You know, but the, the, he talked after the game about how AD, you know, they still need to do a better job scheming around the double teams, around the extra attention. But I, I thought AD's energy. I actually thought the energy of the whole team early in the game was too much. I, I mean, I, I felt like they they came out trying to hit home runs. They came out not sort of under control um in in the way that they have been and in their best moments um and you know they were forcing things um i think trying to just you know burst you know kind of burst through against a, a you know a, a, a weakened minnesota team while the wolves were just nailing every shot they took and you know from a from a um i guess sort of spirit standpoint you know obviously minnesota was really picked up by that and you know Davis though was was very engaged defensively. I thought early, even though the Lakers had trouble getting him going on the other side of the ball, and he he I thought was at the center of a lot of what they were doing. No pun intended, of of their defense throughout. Um, but then, like you say, like the supporting cast makes sense, um, and this was despite I thought LeBron playing a pretty poor game. Uh, on on the defensive side of the ball before we even start about you know some of the the loose I play LeBron with the did, ball I didn't think he was particularly good defensively for most of the game I thought he was I thought LeBron was actually defensively good in the second half first half I don't think he played well defensively at all um, second half I actually thought he picked he it up picked, yeah that's, that's that's fair but I I think LeBron actually picked up a lot defensively and. You know, the team, frankly, I thought was not particularly good defensively in the first half at all. When you're talking about that energy level that was there but unfocused, it's kind of like the John Woodenism of don't, you know, mistake activity for achievement. Oh, yeah. They weren't good, but I just, I thought they were, I thought they were a little, just sort of a little tweaky almost. They were just too. Something I thought happened. I, something I thought happened in the game that may have accounted for some of this was the Lakers were attacking a lot early going at the rim, which is what you would want them to do against a team that minus Carl Anthony Towns and I guess you know Kyle Anderson working his ass off really have no front line or rim protection of any type to speak of. And they were missing a lot of shots at the rim. They were getting offensive rebounds, but they were unable to put those back regularly too. And you combine that with Minnesota just bombing from outside. And I think that put them on tilt. Well, some. I think let me, but I'll tell you, I think it was something specific to what you're saying about um, the attacking and, and attacking unsuccessfully. That was a problem that they need to address before they get into the first round. So talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by ultimate pro basketball GM. And this is the coolest game I've played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great NBA GM. I sure talk on this podcast like I could do it. And as it turns out, it's not that easy. Apologies to Rob Palinka. Apologies to Mitch Kupchak, although it should be noted, I would have never traded for Russell Westbrook or Luol Deng. But anyway, if you've ever fantasized about 
managing your own basketball franchise, download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now because this game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise dealing with challenging personalities, whether of your players or your coaches, hiring the right staff, trading players, training players, making draft picks, navigating the franchise through free agency, the draft, all the ups and downs of multiple seasons. Plus, you can talk trash to your friends playing the game like all the locked-on hosts do with their teams. I run the LA Knights under the pseudonym Chaz Bartender. And Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free. It's playable offline. You can play it on the go just however you want whenever you want and locked on Lakers listeners get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure you check it out and download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com or scan the code, look it up in the app store again, probasketballgm.com ultimate pro basketball GM start your dynasty today. Um, fun bit of housekeeping. Um, the Lakers, we, we haven't mentioned the Lakers, uh, with these these results, uh, will not uh, give will will not be exchanging picks with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the Lakers keep their pick; they do not have to swap it out with the Pelicans. Presumably, I mean, I I guess New Orleans, I guess could still pick swap. Like, I guess there's no rule that says they can't, but uh, you wouldn't think that would happen. And that's another one of these things that if you'd asked, you know, 15, 20 games into the season when New Orleans fans were uh, figuring out exactly um, what day they would have the Wembenyana parade based on the Lakers draft pick, um, that is another welcome development of this, uh, this late season turnaround. Lakers are going to be the 17th pick, I believe, in the draft. And, uh, We'll see what they do with that. Obviously, a lot of things happening between now and then, but I thought it would be worth mentioning. But then um, your Jambalaya and Smoke It locked on Pelican that's right. who've been hanging around here. Pelicans when it comes to that. Um, so, Andy, you talked about the Lakers being a little bit on tilt with their inability to get a bucket um, early despite, I think, attacking the rim hard, trying to attack... Carl Anthony Towns attacked the front line all the time. Well, they, they were attacking Carl Anthony Towns for a while. For a while. <laughs> that's a big that's a big we'll bone about I got to pick nope, in this nope, game. Nope. I, yeah, I, I mean nope. anybody yeah. who follow anybody who follows us on Twitter at Cam Brothers following my tweets on this particular subject probably were I'm sure they were worried I was gonna have a conniption fit at some point. George is getting upset. <laughs> oh my continue. We'll get there. <laughs> Breathe. We'll get there. Uh, but anyway, I, I think Breathe, what was really, I think what was really happening was that the Lakers, <laughs> who led the NBA in free throw attempts, you know, per game and you know foul rate and all that stuff by a mile, mm -hmm. um, and are very used to going in, drawing contact, and getting the line. We're not getting any calls. Um, and to say the the referees let them play uh, early in this game. Was and in both both directions. I'm not, I wasn't complaining about, it, but I think the Lakers were waiting on whistles and expecting whistles that they weren't getting, and that threw them off. I think, especially offensively, because you know a lot of those a lot of those shots that you're taking aren't necessarily great shots when your primary objective is contact. Um, and then again, you know, so that takes the defense and it puts it out of balance. Minnesota's gets up the floor. They were able to 
you know, find more open shots with cross matches, whatever. And then, you know, like we said, I, you know, I think the Lakers, you know, you combine that with the fact they were just turning the ball over too much, very loose of the ball. LeBron uncharacteristically inaccurate with a lot of his passes. Um, you know, the guy who is arguably the, one of the five most accurate passers of the last 35 or 40 years was throwing the ball at people's feet for a lot of this game. Um, I think you put those two or things six together. feet above their head, one or the other. You put those things together, and it took it took time, I think, for the Lakers to find any kind of rhythm in this game. It was actually remarkable, Andy. We said in the preview with Ben Beacon, um, come in, I said, you know, the Lakers need to do two of three to to win. I think of you know, sort of a comfortably win this game. Limit your turnovers make your free throws, get to the line and make free throws and hit some threes. Any two of those three things, I think the Lakers would win. They were 0 for 3 with those things at halftime. And meanwhile, Minnesota, Minnesota was shooting over 50% and had, I want to say, eight more free th- uh, three three pointers at the half than the Lakers did. Uh, at the half, they, at yeah. the half, they were 9 of 17 from behind the arc. The Lakers were 3 of 13, so six, six okay. more. So, six more. Ugh. That ain't good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they they also they shot 59% from the field in the first half. The Lakers shot 41% rounding up. Um, it it was a a really ugly game for about I'd say anywhere from two and a half to three quarters for the Lakers. It just they felt completely out of rhythm. Just it was choppy. Um, the guys were really not on the same page because you were seeing a lot of fumbling of passes, like guys who seemed like they weren't expecting the ball to come to them, weren't expecting the ball to arrive like where it did placement wise, whatever, just offensively, everybody seemed just completely forget not even same page, like not even dealing with the same book. They weren't weren't right. They weren't even reading. I'm not even sure they were reading in the same language. Um, Right. And then defensively, they were just not on point at all, right? And, and I think those two things are related. Probably, you know, I, and you know, it's. I mean, there was the two. sequence where Dennis Schroeder hits a three and is celebrating the three. He's doing his ice water in the veins, and the guy that he should have been marking ends up getting a breakaway dunk off a made made three three. And you know Dennis Schroeder ended up like one of the heroes of this mm-hmm. game. So I'm I'm not saying this to harp on Schroeder. I'm just no, that, but that giving was that sort as an of, example. That was the worst play that they had in the first half. <laughs> I mean, and it was funny. Like I, you just you look at this, and you know Schroeder was, you know Schroeder turned it. And we'll, we'll come back to him in a second. Schroeder turned an ankle in, in the first half, and. I thought he was done for the night. Instead, at somewhere at halftime, he saw the LeBron James of ankles and got himself back into the game. And well, he was, can see a German doctor. It's okay. <laughs> he, they just in Germany they just call him doctors. Um, yeah. But he he was <laughs> a just hero. His HMO <laughs> right there. <laughs> he was in network. It was, it was it's, it's okay. Um, and and it was you know he was a hero in the second half, but like. On a lot of ways, you look at this, and you know the Lakers figuring out a way to win this game defensively on a night where you know they got twenty four from Anthony Davis, who again fifteen rebounds, two steals, three blocks. He was active. I, mean, I, I don't have a problem 
with Anthony, with what AD did. He certainly, I think, was trying to find ways to to score and attack. He became more effective, I thought, as the game went along. Yeah, but he, I, I think he was trying early. Floor. He tried I to mean, make it. I think he tried. Man. You know, he had that giant sort of putback throw donkey I, thing I, that he. I got to be honest. It, I'm. If you're not trying, get the f out of here. I mean, no, like, I, 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 we, I we've reached I, a place where I don't really give a damn if they're trying or not. No, I, like, I don't mean that he was like kudos for try. I mean he was, he was actively trying to engage offensively and get the ball in the bucket and and attack and things like that early. It just wasn't very effective, one, I think. Except for one thing, we will get into. Okay. Uh, no, we'll uh, breathe, <laughs> breathe. Uh, breathe. But like, dog. Uh, <laughs> you know, Vanderbilt was sort of invisible in, in his 22 minutes. D'Lo was terrible, uh, just flat-out terrible bench down the stretch. He was one of nine. Reeves was not very good. Um, he was four of 13. And, you know, Troy Brown was one of five. The Lakers were wildly inefficient in this game. And LeBron, even with the 12 of 21, for most of the game was deep underwater as a plus-minus, you know, well into the 20s in a game that he was playing a lot of. And so... You know, they they didn't get, you know, Schroeder came alive in the second half, but in a lot of ways it's it speaks to their sort of grit and 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 the defense in the second half. There was really no reason they should have won this game. You know, no. if you look statistically at what was going on, particularly through three quarters, there was no reason they should have won this game. They still, Andy, lost the um, you know, the three point battle by six. Um, they were as bad. Minnesota finished this game because, again, they didn't score in, this, in the fourth quarter, basically, and the overtime down at 43%. They were still better than the Lakers. Um, you know, where the Lakers did make up some of that gap in the second half was was at the free throw line. They got Minnesota into, into the penalty really early um, in the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think over the course of the game, especially as it started tightening down the stretch, not just for the Lakers, but for Minnesota, some of the advantages that the Lakers inherently had in this game with Minnesota being down, whatever you want to think of Rudy Gobert, he is a he is a large presence who can occupy yes. Anthony Davis, if nothing else, on the boards. I mean, beyond the, the Lakers were very game. effective, particularly early on the offensive glass, and that is something that is much harder to right. do if Rudy Gobert yeah. is there. They were not. And the Lakers, were not, you know, were aggressive, blo- you know, blocking shots and all that kind of stuff. You know, they, going yeah. after the again harder to do when Gobert is down. You know, there for putbacks and stuff like that. right. And no Jaden McDaniels, no Nas Reed, who's been really good as a backup center against the Lakers. Sometimes outplaying the guys starting at center mm-hmm. for for the Timberwolves. And you know, Anthony Edwards did not have a good game the last time the Lakers played. Did not have a good game in this game. His shoulders seemed to be bothering him. I don't know if it was a combination of that, the defense playing against him. Darvin Ham said after the game that they made a point of wanting to double uh, Edwards a lot, make him uncomfortable. They clearly succeeded. Um, I think in a lot and that of that explains ways, that does explain a little bit of the you know the, some of the open threes in the first half for Minnesota. Not yeah, oh yeah, it's Darvin not. talked about that. He yeah. said that they were doubling a lot, and frankly, the rotations after those doubles were not on point at all, and that led to a lot of open looks yep. that Minnesota was just draining. I think over time, the advantages that the Lakers had heading into this game eventually leveled themselves out, and Minnesota, as much as the Lakers were exhausted, 
Minnesota was absolutely yep. exhausted down the stretch. But props to them, man. They played their asses off. They really um, all did. right. Let's let's talk Dennis Schroeder. Let's talk LeBron, and let's talk about the thing, Andy, that made you just so angry about this game. Because I th- I think there are a couple things that are related to uh, to to uh, the LeBron conversation, and we'll get to all of it next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel and the NBA playoffs. They are just around the corner. The Lakers are in them officially, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, and new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to a 1000 bucks, a grand bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, really easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores or get – a little saucy with an exclusive bet like the two by three, two three pointers scored in the first three minutes. I sincerely hope nobody bet the Lakers for that one. Plus, in this game, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. If you're interested in the second game of the Western Conference play in, the Pelicans are currently 5.5 favorite point favorites over the visiting Oklahoma City Thunder. No Zion for the Pelicans, in case you weren't aware. So in any event, do not miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Um, so, Andy, the Lakers will begin their official playoff push uh, on Sunday. High noon. Pacific time in Memphis. That's uh, game one. So uh, the Lakers are basically off their feet until then. They will be scouting. Uh, they will be game planning, but they will not be moving very much um, over the next four days. Again, no team in the history of organized sports has ever needed time off more than these Lakers. Um, LeBron James in particular, who was very efficient offensively, um, and if you just look at the box score, 12-21, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 30 points, it looks like a LeBron James game, but it didn't look like it if you were watching it. Just the the precision that he usually plays with, the the decision-making that he usually plays with. Um, you know, certainly as the game went along, I mean, like, you know, he had that play, uh, re, you know, trying to, to uh, off a turnover, goes back, throws his body down, you know, onto the ground to try to get a loose ball with Torian Prince. And like, you know, there were moments like that. I I think the the man is tired. <laughs> you know, the man is very, very tired. And he even he is not immune to the effects of fatigue. Uh the Lakers as a team need four four days off. LeBron James as a person needs it more than anyone. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean he He's 38 years old in season 20 with a billion miles on the odometer. You know, the LeBron's LeBron's minutes were going to be something the Lakers had to be cognizant of when he joined the team, you know, five seasons ago, much less where they are now. And, you know, there was that period where he was carrying a massive load when AD was out and he absolutely needs that time off. He is, conceded the fact that he is exhausted. Um, You mentioned some of LeBron's decision-making in this game. Beyond passing, and I want to preface this by saying, the thing I'm about to get into is not purely a LeBron thing. 
this was a team-wide thing, and I would say you could put it just as much on AD as LeBron. I'm just mentioning a particular sequence with LeBron because I thought it embodied this issue. There was a possession in the in the fourth quarter where uh, LeBron got in the lane and Carl Anthony Towns started to challenge the shot, and LeBron puts up a floater rather than taking it straight at Towns and making him defend. And Towns had five fouls. Five, five fouls, fouls basically the entire fourth quarter. Right, at five fouls at this point. And it just summarized my frustration with the team throughout this game. Carl Anthony Towns spent a lot of time in foul trouble, and we talked about with Ben Beacon from Locked On Wolves the importance of the Lakers going at Carl Anthony Towns and getting their – you know, best player potentially in foul trouble, getting that, you know, only back line of defense they have. And that's not even what Carl Anthony Towns does to begin with. Force him to either defend out of a comfort zone or pick up fouls. Later on, there was a sequence where LeBron broke the ankle. I don't remember who was defending him. He had a path to the rim with Carl Anthony Towns, the only guy possibly in the neighborhood to defend this. He ends up opting for a baby jumper off glass, misses it. Next possession, he gets a switch that he created on Carl Anthony Towns on the perimeter, takes a three, misses it. Next trip down, he threw the ball into the sixth row. Earlier in the game, in the third quarter, when Carl Anthony Towns had, I believe, four fouls, A.D., had an opportunity to go right at him. Instead, he hit uh, Austin Reeves in the lane on a dive on a pass, ended up a turnover. And it's like, it's not even that that play was a bad idea in and of itself. It's, dude, you have this guy that you should be actively looking to get into more foul trouble, put him on the bench, force Chris Finch to make horrible decisions. Carl Anthony Towns, the foul trouble he was in in this game, was more Carl Anthony Towns putting himself. In they had foul a couple trouble. moments where they where they seemed like you know they picked up the second and third really quick and like all that. Then, you know they got he the had fourth, at least the two fifth, The fifth foul was was his, himself just yanking Anthony Davis to the ground. Well, he also had an offensive foul where he was driving on Jared Vanderbilt and swung his arm out wildly. He may uh, have had a third off. Yeah. yeah, he may have had a third offensive foul. Like Cat did more to put himself in foul trouble than the Lakers actually did. And again, given the context, I just found it inexplicable. I, well, I mean, I, I, I think the, there were two moments where LeBron had Towns isolated on, on the perimeter. Um, one, one in the fourth, I think you just talked about, I think there was another one, in o, either in OT or late in the fourth, and, and neither time. But settled for jumpers both times. You know, and, and I think you know, when you talk about a guy who's tired, um, I think that's where you see it. And yeah, you know, look, he's not the first guy to pull up over a big because the big's giving him a little bit of space and all that kind of stuff. But just time and place and game recognition. Um, Especially for somebody Le like LeBron, who's one of the smartest players to ever right, play exactly. this game. And I just don't think, you know, I think the legs aren't there. And the legs aren't there for a lot of the things that you would want LeBron to be able to do. And I mean, like I said, that was a whole. It was a team wide thing. It was. It was. And I mean, like Minnesota, Minnesota, when when Towns was playing with five fouls, did a pretty good job of hiding him, of collapsing, of doing all kinds of things to try to keep the Lakers away you, from Towns. But you can. But force they it still, more. they still absolutely agree. <laughs> you can hunt it more than they did. Right, needed to do a better job of it. It's 
you know, it's it's a weird thing in sports where you start to that that line between getting out of what you do um in an effort to try to do something very specific where they take advantage of a certain match. You see it all the time in basketball where, you know, a big has a, a mismatch on him and like, or, you know, a, 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 a guard playing, but like somebody who doesn't normally play in the post. And all of a sudden it's like, you're trying to force feed this matchup, but getting out of your offense and doing it. And I think sometimes teams don't want to go overboard. Carl Anthony towns has five fouls. We're going to spend the next, you know, 10 possessions hunting him. But they're somewhere in the middle where the Lakers could have stayed in the rhythm of their offense, but still found ways to put the ball on the floor and attack, make Towns help, do something, uh, even if he's not the primary defender. They didn't do a very good job of it. Um, they didn't do a very good job of a lot of things in this game. But, Andy, they still won. Damn right a, they did. And it's like the the more I'm getting away from the the frustration of watching this awful basketball contest um the better i feel about what the lakers did on tuesday um there is something to be said because they were it wasn't a bleep around you know playing with your food kind of game i oh, think the no. Lakers played. no it was just a game where they weren't playing particularly well minnesota was uncharacteristically good shooting the ball early Stuff like that. And, you know, that's going to happen sometimes. You know, if the Lakers had, I don't think it was an arrogant performance that got them mm -hmm. into this situation. And they managed to win the game. And that says something. That That is a meaningful bit of information you know, to it, talk about here. There, yeah, and it, look, I, we spent much of the beginning of the show emphasizing the idea that the bottom line, Lakers got themselves into the playoffs and if you had started, if in January you had said this is the place they're going to land, everybody would be like, oh, hell yeah. There is something apropos in a lot of ways about given how difficult all the struggles that have accompanied this season, mm -hmm. there is something apropos, like poetic, you know, maybe unpleasant poetry, but poetic nonetheless, where the Lakers had to really scrap and claw to yeah. secure this seven seed. Like it, it there feels, is something very, well. feels very in line with just for better or for worse, the way this season has gone along. But again, you cannot overstate how incredible it is for the Lakers to be in this position right now. Yep. Um, I can promise Memphis, you know, they're not afraid of the Lakers because I don't think they're afraid of anybody. But I, I really doubt that they're like, sweet. Oh, they'd have preferred LeBron. to play Minnesota. I guarantee you they'd have preferred to play Minnesota. Sweet. LeBron Absolutely. and AD, nice. Absolutely. Um, all right, Locked on Lakers. We'll get lots to get into. We'll talk, you know, they, they, you, you, we, can be, we can talk about, you know, any worrisome trends about, you know, this play-in combined with some of the other stuff through the week. we got plenty of time for that. But Locked on Lakers on YouTube. Uh, is uh, where you can go to watch the show. Again, 15,000 subscribers. Thanks to everybody for the support of the channel. Uh, we're going to be setting up some previews of the of the first round, you know, at least one, as many as we can fit in between now and Sunday uh, to get you ready for that one. The Lakers back in the playoffs, the real big boy playoffs, and it's something to fun to talk about. Uh, and they got a shot. They got a shot. See everyone Thursday.